0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to the Tomatodito show. And uh let's let's do a quick recap of the amazing fight that we saw this past Saturday between none other than undefeated Mexican boxer Oscar Valdez coming into the ring as the challenger uh to Miguel Berchelt's title. Miguel Berchelt de Alacrán Miguel Berchelt coming in to uh to the ring with a 37-1 record. Uh, with 33 knockouts and holding the WBC super featherweight world title uh he has had that title since 2017 and surrendered it this past saturday night to Oscar Valdez who walked in with that perfect 28-0 record and 22 knockouts he now is 29-0 and the 23rd knockout of his career came uh at the hands of uh or or by way of uh, stopping Miguel Berchelt and taking his title from him. It was an awesome fight. A lot of people were comparing it right off the bat to um or at least hoping that it would live up to uh Barrera Morales, uh that it would live up to those fights, that that caliber of fight. Uh maybe a Marquez Juan Diaz, uh Marquez Pacquiao, of course the comparisons, uh it, it, it was just the the hype was there, right? And there was a lot of talk. The buildup was amazing. Of course, these two Mexican fighters—you know that Oscar Valdez, through the years, has uh, has had his share of critics because of his boxing. A lot of people would think and would criticize that his career was not going to go, uh, was not going to last that long, or his undefeated streak would not last as long, and he would not have such a successful streak. Because of his style, he used to just sit on his punches and stand and bang it out with his opponents. He would get cut up, he would bleed, and uh, and that that style was the uh, the blood and gut style was not conducive for someone who would want a long career, and uh, and it has proven to be so with a number of fighters uh, in the past across all weight divisions. So he changed teams. He vacated the WBO title. He was a WBO champion at Featherweight. He vacated the title, moves up in weight, moves up to 130. And, uh, and he changes teams along the way. He ends up changing teams and he joins none other than Canelo's team. Eddie Reynoso took, uh, who is at the helm of his training camp now, took charge of him and a whole new Oscar Valdez showed up this past Saturday night. The heavy-handed, heavy punching, um uh, strat- strategic master that Alegramberchelt is and has shown to be in the past as he just just systematically breaks down his opponents. He's faced, you name it, he's faced uh some of the toughest challenges, some of the highest pedigree boxers. Um different styles that have approached him and that challenged his throne, and he would just figure them out and outpower them, overpower them, overpower his opponents and stop them. Uh, this was the case. This is what people were expecting. And this was the uh, the scenario that people were expecting to play out this past Saturday night if the Valdez of old would step into the ring. And of course, people didn't know what version of Oscar Valdez was going to show up. If it was going to be the old uh Oscar Valdez, the typical, because fighters usually tend to resort to their original style of fighting when they find themselves in danger or when the plan's not going um to par as expected. So we didn't see that. Oscar Valdez showed up with a strategy. He showed up with a plan and he applied it masterfully he played the game of in and out boxing pot shotting, landing his left jab of course Burchelt also has a left jab and uh, and it was a it was a matter of who was going to be faster to get there valdez was quicker valdez was quick to get in and out he was really good at evading punches and uh, and avoiding the damage for the most part uh, he it it was, it was a different Oscar Valdez to say the least. And if he had to fight a perfect fight on any night, this was the night to do so. This was the title to grab the WBC title, which is a coveted title of the four organizations. It, It always seems like this one carries a little more weight. Oscar Valdez showed up and he showed up big, um, you see the fight start off with uh, a lot of tense energy. Uh, they're, they're circling the ring. It took a little while for them to start going. And then you start seeing the release of the jabs, right? Uh, Oscar less lands his jab, uh, quick jabs to the, to, to the mouth of, of Burchelt and to the nose area of Burchelt. Uh, Burchelt returning his jab, but not being as successful as he was being. He was just just a tad slower, so he would resort to throwing combinations and heavy punches uh, to try to infiltrate the defense and the speed of Valdez, and he was unsuccessful for the most part. Nonetheless, he connected several good punches on Valdez, Valdez doing most of the damage, and, uh, and it stayed that way. A little bit back and forth, a little bit unsteady as the fight continued to develop. In the fourth round, it was the biggest moment and I think the biggest um the 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 key to why the momentum shifted towards Valdez's uh side uh happened in the fourth. You saw Burchelt during several close encounters, Burchelt complaining um and several several clinch breaks, Burchelt complaining to the referee as he's touching the back of his head, complaining that he was hit in the back of the head. Now, it's unclear, but these are the moments that changed the trajectory of the fight. It's unclear if there was actually uh, hits to the back of the head as the angles when you're watching it live. I've watched highlights now of the fight, but I didn't quite see those exact angles. If there was actually a hit to the head or if they were actually on the side, I believe if I recall correctly, Valdez was actually landing him on the temple and on the ear of Burchelt. And it's almost like Burchelt was feeling the pain across to to the back of his head and almost in the neck area. Um, those are the punches that when you see Burchelt, whether the claim is right that he did get hit in the back of the head or whether the punches were just that hard that he ended up feeling uh, the punches to the back of his head. Uh that changed the fight. The fourth round was the key to the fight to where it shifts to Oscar Valdez and Burchelt never regains his legs. He never regains his composure. He never regains his, his stability, I guess I could say, because he was not able to do his fight. From the fourth round on it was a diminished version of Burchelt and you knew that he was a damaged version fighting on the will and the heart that Burchelt showed the heart of a champion in which he stayed in the fight and continued to push forward. Burchelt's the one that continued to push forward towards Valdez and Valdez often found himself throughout the fight uh, being on the defensive. The fight continued on with the fifth and sixth uh The action going back and forth, but mostly Valdez putting the pressure by way of his jab and his speed, staying consistent with the attack in which he started the fight. And by the seventh round, Burchelt actually had the opportunity to sit on his punches and actually engaged uh, Valdez from up close and landed some heavy heavy body shots that ended up damaging Valdez, ended up slowing down Valdez. And the entire, the, the remaining portion of that seventh round, you saw Valdez backpedaling with his guard up and on the defensive trying to survive that round because he was hurt. He hit him, he gassed them with those punches and Burchelt started shifting some of that momentum, the diminished version of Burchelt. And I say diminished or at least injured version of Burchelt because his left lead, his lead left leg, he was never able to really sit on that posture or sit on his punches because his leg was never there. And you would see him tippy toeing that leg. Um, almost like his, he's, his toes were doing the, the, the stance rather than being able to to have a flat footed stance to be able to sit on his punches and land with that additional power. Nonetheless, his punches are hard. Uh if if he would have been able to sit on those punches like he's done in the past with prior opponents, this would have been a different a different fight. But the key happened in the fourth round and Valdez ended up hurting Berchelt, and that was the key to to Valdez's victory, I think, or at least one of them, which has started uh, shifting the favor to him. Uh, The seventh round ends Berchelt causing damage to to Valdez. Oscar comes out in the eighth round with a quick succession of punches and immediately Burchell establishes his jab, establishes position, and continues to do damage to Valdez, in which Valdez continues to backpedal and go on the defensive in the eighth round. It looks like the fight is changing. Uh, we get to the ninth, uh, in which the fight is just, it's starting to go back and forth and you get this feeling like Burchelt is starting to do some good damage and then Valdez takes control he gets his second wind and he begins to push forward the jab begins to land his overhand rights begin to land uh not so much body work on on behalf of Valdez but he was so quick to get in and out that it was it was just something to see right the the way that he was uh that, that he started taking control in that fight. You saw Burchelt and his energy just diminished even more. Um something else that happened in the fight, the corners. Uh not neither fighter was majorly cut, both of them uh marked up uh fairly well, and the corners, both corners were very calm, both corners giving concise direction. Burchelt just seemed like it was he was one version on the on the corner just ready to get out and continue fighting. But once he was in the ring, it almost seemed like his body just wasn't there. It just wasn't responding. And that's where the fight started getting away from him. Um, it was just it was a masterful performance. I, I kind of, I'm stopping right now as I'm talking and I'm thinking about how the odds were favoring Burchelt, how the critics were favoring Burchelt. It just looked like from what everybody saw, it looked like a, like it was going to be a one-sided fight because of the way that Berchelt has dismantled such big names in the past. And because of the f- style of fight that Valdez is used to applying, people didn't think that that Reynoso was going to be able to do much uh, to change his style. Instead, he does. And we return to the ninth round in which Berchelt ends up going down. And this is where you see the end coming. Valdez... Strong, Burchelt looks like he was continuing from the eighth round on, but his his body just wasn't there. Valdez find, finds his second wind and ends up dropping him with a heavy, tor- and I believe they were circling towards the center of the ring, in which Burchelt is coming uh, forward towards Valdez, drops his head. Valdez catches him with the right uppercut and follows it with the left hook and drops Burchelt. And this is where you start seeing like something is wrong. Burchelt is going down. The title may switch hands. This is towards the end of the round. Burchelt answers the count, gets back on his feet, on shaky legs and on a shaky stance and begins to retrieve towards the ropes. Valdez moves in begins to throw some punches and within seconds you see the referee step in and the bell rings marking the end of the ninth round. Would there have been a few more seconds added to there? I think Valdez would have dropped Burchelt for how unsteady and shaky he looked coming off, getting off the canvas uh, in that ninth round. Of course, we get to that 10th round and Burchelt lunges uh, at Oscar Valdez in a succession of, uh, uh, of punches uh, as he's throwing them forward, completely off balance, lunging forward, throwing his hands. Valdez masterfully evaded the punches as he's stepping back, pops out and throws, pops out the left side as he evades these punches, almost Canelo-esque, pops his head up towards the left side, of Burchelt's right glove and throws a heavy, heavy looping left hook that lands on the nose and the top portion of the mouth of Burchelt. Getting Burchelt to go limp. Burchelt's body goes limp. His right knee hits the canvas, followed by the left, and breaks the fall on the canvas with his face. Body completely goes Numb and limp, and he is out. And it was a scary moment for several, several minutes there, uh, as they were trying to get Burchelt back to consciousness. And it was scary to see him like that. Eventually, he came to his senses, and he was up, and uh, and conscious, and uh, and responsive. Scary moments towards the end of the fight. Amazing finish. Amazing knockout by Oscar Valdez. And your new. WBC Super Featherweight World Champion. He is now a two-weight champion, world champion. Who are your other champions in that division? Jamel Herring. Jamel Herring holds the WBO strap. The IBF is vacant. The WBO strap with Jamel Herring, his opponent, uh, is now his fight with Carl Frampton was going to be his opponent. Carl Frampton, uh, And the the Carl frampton Jamel Herring fight has now fallen through again due to an injury suffered by Carl Frampton. And the fight that was supposed to take place this coming weekend on the 27th of February is now delayed until April the 3rd. So once again, that fight got delayed. Hopefully we get to see it April 3rd and we get to figure out a little bit of that. Uh, of the standings and the rankings there, whether Frampton ends up pulling the upset and takes the title from Herring or Herring ends up defending the throne, uh, defending his title once again. Uh, the other champion that we have there, you have Gervonta Davis as a super champion. You saw him in action, uh, Halloween of 2020 against none other than El Terremoto Leo Santa Cruz in which Gervonta Davis pulled off an amazing knockout, um, you have Roger Gutierrez, who is a regular champion. He ended up becoming champion earlier this year on the undercard of the Garcia Luke Campbell, uh, card. And, um, he defeated one of the two twins, uh, Alvarado. Uh, and then the other champion that the WBA holds right now is the interim champion. And, uh, that happens to be, uh, Colbert, who defeated Jaime Arboleda. Um, uh, I think it's Chris Col- Colbert, if I, if I'm correct. Uh, not to be confused with, with, uh, with the talk show host, but I believe it is Chris Colbert. And, uh, and he defeated Jaime Arboleda last December and took his title. So that would be an ideal fight. Gutierrez Arboleda having an, having a, a, uh, a unification, the interim and the regular champion have a unification fight there. Trevante Davis apparently got injured again recently. And now he's not looking to come back to the ring until possibly June. So while he decides to return Gutierrez and, uh, and, uh, and Colbert could just dis- could have a unification for the WBA. Um, you have Jamel Herring Frampton should be happening April 3rd and, uh, and then Oscar Valdez post fight. He ends up calling out Shakur Stevenson. If you remember Shakur Stevenson, this fight was scheduled for December twelfth of twenty twenty, uh, which was going to be a huge week in boxing, and it still happened to be a huge week in boxing, uh, with even though this fight fell through, Shakur Stevenson. Uh, threw his name in the hat when Burchelt ended up testing positive for COVID and fell out for the fight. Shakur Stevenson immediately threw his name in the hat and wanted to step in as a last minute stand-in and face Valdez. And of course, that didn't happen. Shakur Stevenson ends up headlining his own event that night against Toka Clary And this fight got scrapped and uh and the hope was that it wasn't completely scrapped but rather just uh rescheduled and here it is or here it was it got rescheduled and what a fight it lived up uh to to the hype and and I'm glad I'm glad that that the wait was well worth it Oscar Valdez, in the post-fight press conference calls out Shakur Stevenson and what a fight that would be um Chakor Stevenson Oscar Valdez would be uh fireworks Jamel Herring Carl Frampton should be nothing but fireworks as well and uh and even the Roger Gutierrez Colbert fight I would favor Gutierrez uh to be the favorite in that fight but that should be a fun fight as well and um and other than that I mean you name it there's who there, there's talks that Lomachenko, rather than returning to 135, will go to 130 and, uh, and resume his career there. So that would be, that would be another big name that would be available there. And maybe Leo Santa Cruz decides to return to 130 and continue fighting there, uh, after his defeat to Gervonta Davis. Uh, what a win. Did it live up to the hype of the previous fights? Uh, whether it did or it didn't. That's a subjective thing, right? The people, there's a nostalgia to the Barrera-Morales fights. There's a nostalgia to all these previous fights uh, that have left such a huge stamp in the world of boxing. Nonetheless, this fight created a fan base of its own, and the fact that it was broadcasted throughout ESPN, uh, it just... It attracted more public, uh, and I'm sure that it brought new fans to the world of boxing after watching a performance like this. Oscar Valdez showed up unlike any version of Valdez that we had seen in the past. Burchelt will be back and strong, I'm sure, and I'm sure he's going to be wanting a rematch with Valdez. So... I can't wait. I can't wait to see how this division plays out. Oscar Valdez put on a masterful performance and he deserves every bit of credit and notoriety and uh and, and festivities uh to be headed his way and uh, as he was greeted uh in an awesome with an awesome parade and an awesome gathering uh in Nogales, Sonora, Mexico uh earlier this week. So Congratulations, Oscar Valdez. We wish the best to you, Alexander Chelt, and uh, and let's hope that Shakur Stevenson Oscar Valdez does happen uh, in the coming months. Maybe even Cinco de Mayo. Who knows? And as part of the undercard of uh, of the proposed Canelo Alvarez BJ Saunders Cinco de Mayo event, if uh, should Canelo be successful against uh, Yodrim uh, this coming weekend. So with that. The other things to touch on this past weekend, Otto Whalen uh, successfully defeated, um, what's the heavyweight's name? He had previous fights with, God, so many names, so many names that, that are going through my head, uh, Dominique Brazil, that's right. Uh, Dominique Brazil had losses to Deontay Wilder, had losses to Anthony Joshua, uh, and faced off an Otto Whalen, a hungry Otto Weyland who whose only defeat to date was against, uh, none other than, than, than Fury, right? Um, than to the Gypsy King. That was an awesome fight and an awesome performance in which Whalen, uh, he, Represented himself very well. Really solid boxer against Fury. Gave him, gave him a good match through and through. And, and now he put on a really, really good performance against, uh, against Dominic Brazil. So he, he has a good showing against Tyson Fury, which rose his stock in the heavyweight division. And people don't really give him a lot of credit, yet he's boxing. At an all-time high, he's got really good pedigree boxing. And he showed it this past Saturday against Dominic Brazil. Uh, so he defeats Dominic Brazil, giving him a third loss. He continues with his career. And his idea uh, and his premise behind this fight was to shed all all the stuff that took place with the Tyson Fury fight and the defeat uh, to shake off those cobwebs and continue his career in the right direction. Hopefully he'll land one of these bigger names uh, down the line. And lastly, but not least, the other one that comes to mind this past Saturday um The comeback fight of Adrian Broner against Giovanni Santiago. The fight was highly contested. Santiago is no slouch. Uh, He came at Adrian Broner. He hurt Adrian Broner. He hit him with everything he had. And um, a lot of people were thinking that Santiago did enough. Uh, Critics, uh, commentators fans, other boxers throughout Twitter, uh, thought that Santiago did enough to win a clear decision. Others thought it was a lot closer and it was a gimme for, for Broner and, and some had it for Adrian Broner. Definitely the broadcasters for the PVC. Well, they're, they're part of the PVC, right? They work for Fox. They work for the PVC and, uh, and, and, in, uh, in a working relationship with Al Heyman. So, of course, yes, the commentary was a little biased uh, and in favor of Broner. Nonetheless, um, decent commentary that they had, and Santiago represented himself very well. Should he have gotten the decision? I believe so. Uh, did Broner deserve the decision? It was that close of a fight that if the judges uh, ended up giving it to him, the, the judges' scorecards, were, some of them were a little bit off, but they gave him the decision- Quite likely because he's the bigger name, the bigger draw. So there was more attention on the positives that Broner was doing versus what Santiago was doing. Nonetheless, I would tell you, be your own judge. Mute this fight. Listen or watch it in mute. Take the volume off and be your own judge. And you see if you agree when you watch this fight. See if you agree without listening to the commentary, without listening to anybody calling the fight. Just you and the fight and see what you think. Uh, see if you agree with the so-called quote-unquote haters who are hating on Adrian Broner saying that he didn't win the fight and that Santiago deserved a victory. Um, or if you agree with the pro Broner, fans. But nonetheless, he's back. He got another win under his belt. And um, yes, this was a rusty, uh, a rusty version of Adrian Broner. Uh, I don't know if he's washed up, but he's definitely been through a lot of legal troubles, a lot of distractions outside of the ring. This is not the Adrian Broner of old. This is not even the Adrian Broner that fought Manny Pacquiao. Uh, So with that said, uh, I leave it to, to you to do your research and to, for you to formulate your own opinion as to, uh, who won that fight. But it was, it was that close. It was that highly contested in Santiago. Uh, you could bet that he's going to have some amazing fights in the future because he's, he's game. He's a warrior. So he represented himself very well. Uh, Odo Whalen did awesome this weekend. And of course the amazing, uh, taste. That it leaves in your mouth to know that boxing is in a good place with fights ch- such as Oscar Valdez versus Miguel Berchelt. Um with that, I leave you guys. Um thank you again for tuning in. And uh and this week I'll be posting another episode. Let's do a let's do a little preview of the Canelo Yodrum fight that's gonna take place this weekend, and uh and we'll continue pushing forward. Thank you guys again for listening once again. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll talk to you all soon. Stay safe.